Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with us today is Buddy Duquesne from Those Happy Places. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Andrew. Long time no talk. It has been um, not so great, actually, like super busy, <laughs> yeah. uh, all sorts of things going on all the time, as you know, and uh, as I'm sure everybody out there knows. Um, but I'm actually just so stoked to be on Amusement Sparks today. Like, uh, when you reached out uh, with with uh, questions about ideas, I was excited to pitch this one to you, and I'm excited that you accepted it. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about uh, our concept for the day. Me too, man. And I've been missing your guys' podcast. I know you're on a hiatus right now, but we've still been able to you know, stay in contact over Twitter and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I understand wanting to take a break. It's been a, a heck of a year, a doozy of a year for me for sure, too. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's everybody's got to, you know, keep their creative spark alive instead of just burning <laughs> themselves out by doing the project all the time, even when you don't yeah. have time for it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And and mm. that was the thing. My my uh, friend and partner, best friend and partner, uh, wow. Alice White, who who couldn't be here today. You know, she's got so much going on. And I said, you know, let let's do a one on one episode. But I'd like to dedicate this episode to her. Oh, um, I love because... that. Because she's probably going to listen, and when she listens, I want to say, uh, hey, pal, um, this one's for you. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, it's an idea that we throw back and forth all the time, and that's part of why I wanted to bring it to you. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is the friends sitting around talking about themed stuff they'd like to see topic. <laughs> right, right. Like, this is, this is the we should do this someday topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, for me and Alice, it's always been uh, a conversation that circles around and around, like just the same three concepts. Um, but yeah, this is this is for you. I hope you enjoy it, Alice, uh, and everybody else out there, of course. Awesome. Yeah. So, what is this topic? What did you bring to us today, buddy? Okay. Well, here it is. Here it is. Here's the concept. Uh, you ever been sitting at a really nice bar or cafe and thought to yourself, like? I should open one of these. And then, you know, because you and I are um, theme, themed entertainment nerds, mm-hmm. theme park people, you thought to yourself, you know, I, I should do one of these and it should be themed. And then because you are the host of Amusement Sparks, you've probably gone, what what if it were like limitless? What if I could have it however I wanted? I've, I could have a themed bar, restaurant, cafe, and I could just go absolutely wild with my imagination and that was the concept for the day because i think that's actually like where the interesting work is done these days in themed entertainment or where it's gonna be done in the future of themed entertainment i think small like themed experiences are where it's gonna be at right it's so intimate it's maybe one of the only parts of themed entertainment that you put into your body like that's a very exciting (laughs) niche um but yeah i'm with you i i think that part of my love for kind of brainstorming this kind of stuff came from wanting to open a restaurant when i was young like in high school or something and then it was i had several ideas for different themes like i see themes i didn't want to just do like a regular restaurant like i felt like i had to have really strong branding and be like kind of more of like a something that draws people in when they're visiting town like something that would draw in tourists instead of just a local restaurant which not there's anything wrong with that but just my brain is like oh I want to have you know genre I want to have more stuff going on here a little bit nerdier and a little bit more like pop culture involved uh so yeah so then expanding that out into the whole theme park thing has been really engaging and I'm excited to return to thinking about just yeah restaurants bars cafes that kind of thing within the realm of themed entertainment it's it's a great topic 
Yeah, I mean, this is these are the roots. I, I think we, we mm. can agree on this. Like, we, we don't get to go to theme parks and, and themed entertainment locations often because they're like a special treat. They're like a trip, right? Like, mm-hmm. but what what we do get to experience often is like eating, drinking. We need to do it multiple we times have a day. To. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and when you can special that up a little bit, when you can add some theming, some entertainment to it, just enough to make it seem a little bit beyond the ordinary, not only does that like seem relatable, but yeah, it it is this very important thing this thing that just like speaks to the very soul of being a person and then also it kind of points out the way that like yeah you're like average little restaurant is a themed experience in a way like it's themed to food right or themed um, to like italy or something like it's oh, yeah the olive garden is a very you know artificial designed space but i think it's supposed to evoke certain parts of italy yeah yeah and and cheesecake factory is supposed mm. to evoke mordor right just with the <laughs> flaming eyes everywhere uh and and so like what what if we just you know took that and what if our world was more themed what if our mundane experiences had theming in them and allowed us to explore our nerdy side, our our genre side, uh, while we were doing these more mundane everyday things like just having a meal or having a drink with friends. Fantastic. Um, so so I got a couple of ones today, and I'm I'm guessing you got a couple ones too. Yeah, sure. Uh, do you want to start us off? Uh, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I so we the last uh, the theme park that you Alice and I designed was half of it was based on Atlantis, the mm-hmm. animated film. We had um, a really tough time with the food of Atlantis. <laughs> that is very true. But I've always been obsessed with just Atlantis in general and underwater stuff. And like Little Mermaid uh, debuted the same year that I did as a human being on Earth. And I've, <laughs> I grew up with that movie and I always loved like the underwater sequences and stuff. So just like an underwater restaurant always seemed so appealing to me. Like I'm picturing, you know, for shorthand, like uh, Rainforest Cafe, but but it's underwater. I mean, it's not literally underwater. You're allowed to breathe air in there and all that stuff. But, right, right, of course. But having like a lot of aquariums and um, just the undersea like motif, like things that are shaped, like sculpted like coral. And uh, yeah, just being able to get that, that vibe, you know, like you're watching a movie set underwater or something like that, where it's it's got these really alien design features but are somehow familiar because we've grown up with a lot of pop culture that's, you know, set in the ocean or, or documentaries that are underwater and stuff like that. Um, I don't know exactly the food. I hadn't thought about that much. Uh, personally, I don't eat seafood, so that's right. going to change some things. But And it, it I mean, definitely yeah. feels weird to be surrounded by fish and be eating fish. <laughs> it feels uh, wrong, but also right. more authentic, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I love it. Okay, uh, so so I'd like to start with Rainforest Cafe as a point of comparison sure. because I think I think when we think themed dining, a lot of people jump right to Rainforest Cafe, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Rainforest Cafe had a lot going on that was um, emulatable that that maybe we want to take with us into this journey, right? Like, yeah, I agree. The, the fact that Rainforest Cafes were everywhere at one point, for example, is just, like, really cool. That it was yeah. repeated over and over around the country. Uh, and, and that a bunch of them were really unique. The fact that there were animatronics. The fact that there was a huge gift shop. Um, the one that I really remember, of course, outside of the Downtown Disney one in Anaheim, which is now defunct. And the uh, Aztec temple that it once sat in is a Star Wars photo opportunity, I believe. Um hmm. 
yeah i don't know um but you know the one that i really remember was in a mall and it had the giant mushroom bar right out front Mm -hmm. uh which was really cool and of course it rained every 20 minutes i mean rainforest cafe was beautiful so let's take that let's put it underwater let's go to atlantis (laughs) is it is it atlantis themed or is it underwater themed though i think underwater themed is maybe more flexible although I, i don't know i feel like if everything is purely natural looking like there's no architecture then that might be kind of weird but yeah i like the idea of atlantis or some kind of lost civilization you know um which basically atlantis i don't think that's a copywritten term plus this is just brainstorming anyway <laughs> right um, of course and this is amusement sparks i mean like you yeah. can you can have atlantis the lost empire the oh, the restaurant sure. absolutely but i think i think atlantis is not copyrighted you can you can just have that one for free i think um so. and that would mean many steps and columns everywhere mm-hmm. and then i'm thinking about like entry points into the restaurant right because yeah. like here's here's this underwater ex- expedition and you're not just gonna like walk through an archway into an aquarium and sit down and eat that's that's not enough for me in mm-hmm. this in this situation so like how do we go to this restaurant or like <laughs> when you question. arrive out front like what is it that you, you see, see first yeah. yeah wow that's a really good question um there's a couple of ideas i have here um, I like the idea of actually making people like swim through water to get there. <laughs> I don't think that'll, that's very realistic. That'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> and then that will break the immersion when they come, they climb out of the water, and then everything's themed as if they're underwater still, but they're mm-hmm. breathing and, again and all that. Well, maybe so, maybe it t- maybe it's in an air pocket or something. Like, okay, oh. well, you have to you have to dive under the coral uh-huh. to go emerge into this air pocket where we built a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that would work. That's it's doable. Hard. The the clothing <laughs> and the hair is gonna get messed up like Uh especially (laughs) this is not like a date location because you have to like wear a wetsuit to get in there (laughs) but but i'm also thinking it would be cool to have kind of a a, almost a maze but basically just a zigzag of columns of um, aquariums with maybe like a lot of bubblers in them so you're like walking through columns of water and uh following a i guess a labyrinth is the correct term because a labyrinth only has one path through it Right. So you walk through this whole thing and you kind of like turn around about which way is the car, which way is the parking lot. And uh, maybe the, the fish species you're seeing are getting more exotic or the colors are getting darker as if you're moving deeper underwater. And um, oh, wow, it'd be kind of cool, too, if there's like multiple uh, kind of themed rooms as if they're like different uh, levels of depth. Oh, pretty So there cool. could be like an area that's like pitch black. Oh, you know, they have those restaurants that are like completely pitch black in there. We could oh have yeah, one the of ones the ones where it's you're supposed to not have sight so that the taste yeah. is even more intense. Right, uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I've ever heard about those, and I'm I'm just not into it. But I would be into you're in an underwater tube. It's pitch black. There are bioluminescent animals yes, swimming. The bioluminescence around you. would be awesome, and then having like a big scary lantern fish that's located like above the booth, and you don't know, you know that what? until ten minutes in. Then the on the... second thought, I don't love this idea anymore. <laughs> I just lost my appetite. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, the, the fear, I think, I you could you could charge extra for that, though. A horror-themed restaurant. <laughs> maybe that'll be our next topic. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, something that makes you kind of feel like you're going through the water without actually getting you wet is ideal. 
Okay, so so some kind of walking tour of this aquarium style thing. You go deeper and deeper, or maybe you know, maybe maybe there's a coral restaurant. Maybe there's like a middle ocean restaurant. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a deep sea ocean, and they're they're kind of stacked on top of each maybe other. Maybe a tide pool one. Oh, that would be amazing. With lots of Actually, like sunlight. A tide pool restaurant sounds amazing, and I, I could see if it were like. Let's say we get like a seaside location here. Mm-hmm. You've got like a like a sunroof, right? You've got like yeah. a lots of um, natural light that like really brings the whole room together. And then you've got these tide pools that are just you know kind of beautifully sitting there, being tide pools that you can kind of poke your head in and take a look at between bites of delicious seafood. I guess I'm still stuck on the food. I don't actually. know about the food yet either. But uh, <laughs> and then also maybe on the tables you have like there's like hot pots that look like tide pools and it's just like subtly oh. boiling water and you can put stuff in there to cook it. I don't know. That's something. That's pretty good. I, that's, <laughs> that is pretty good. I, I get again. I I fear the idea that you sit down. <laughs> I guess this happens. This does happen at actual restaurants, right? Yeah, it like does. The, you pick out the your lobster, lobster tank, and yeah. yeah. So I guess this is just an extension of that. But I guess maybe the fish around you aren't on the menu, and that makes it okay, right? Like okay. maybe maybe that. it's all the exotic, beautiful fish, and then you're eating the really mundane fish, right? Mm-hmm. So the ugly maybe fish that... who like <laughs> are going on death row anyway. Sure, the the ones that were already caught, you know, the, the farmed fish. These are these are your your I don't know your coral reef fish. I mean, you can't eat the stuff in a coral reef. That's just true. Like that stuff isn't tasty. Not yeah, all of I it. I don't anyways. know. Yeah, that's probably true. Um. So so like I mean, maybe you're there's all right. a, maybe there's a theme or like a a mission of of ocean conservancy, and you like get to learn a little bit about how you know farming can be done sustainably or whatever, like fishing best practices or something like that I don't, that's not my bag but like maybe that's something for somebody people who are you know, seafood I, fans can learn something about seafood here i spent some time at the monterey bay aquarium pretty recently and that is their deal and there mm. is a restaurant where you can eat fish um and there there is a lot about like conservation and sustainable farming efforts and mm-hmm. the kinds of fish that it's more okay to eat that it's less destructive to eat this kind of fish because yeah. The farming for them has been figured out and actually gives back to the environment. So, like, there's an angle for you right there. That's and cool. I think, I think if you're going with Atlantis as kind of a, a basis for all of this, you know, it's Atlanteans sharing how they lived in harmony with the ocean before cool. they crumbled into the ocean. That's or great. maybe maybe there's Atlantean lore that we have now in in modern times. Uh, used to sustainably farm fish or something like that. Maybe there's a story there. I like um, that a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, and I was thinking about like other ways to get there, uh, like entry points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we we discovered Atlantis beneath this mall, and <laughs> uh, you got to you got to ride the submersible to get there. But that's a lot, isn't it? Oh, but it's so cool. Even if it's just <laughs> an elevator, like yeah, yeah. I, that I think they're great. One of those, that it does exist at, at Epcot and Disney World, right? It's like the Hydrolator or something like that, where mm-hmm. it's an elevator that's designed to look like an underwater elevator. Right, right, right. That is really just an elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you could do that, and that that would be pretty sweet, I think. Yeah, I would um, love that. Get you into it, the, it, the theming and the mood and the vibe, yeah. Most definitely. And it, it does open up the uh, the opportunity to... Do whatever aesthetic you want. I mean, this could be steampunk Atlantis if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be the Nautilus featuring Captain Nemo. I mean, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is out of copyright. So 
You can just steal that right out of Disney's uh, (laughs) pile of stuff there. (laughs) We already have licensing rights for Bioshock, too. So this can just be like the pleasant (laughs) before times of Bioshock when things were actually like kind of cool for like a week down there. You know, know, I was thinking that a a Rapture themed restaurant is (laughs) is like so obvious. Right. And Mm -hmm. I I know you've talked about it on the show before. But even just as a restaurant, I think Rapture makes a lot of sense because it's about views. It's about uh, like looking out into the ocean. It's about that neon. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a, an area that feels like a really compelling place to right. dine and drink, um, and, and then leave because it does it does go <laughs> south, right? It's such a uh, fascinating like bygone era that no one got to experience. Like it's it's a fascinating <laughs> like historical fiction thing, but. Yeah, that that's a good point though. That would be a cool aesthetic, like looking out, because it is a lot of like ocean views from deep underwater. Maybe we can recreate that in this restaurant. There's like artificial ones. Either either it's videography that's filmed underwater, or it's like CG. But like there's an aquarium layer, and then behind that is a huge screen or you know projection oh. or whatever. So it looks like you can see through this layer of of fish swimming around, and then there's like big whales and sharks and stuff back there. That's pretty sweet. I, I do love this idea. I want to I wanna challenge you to take it one step further because, unfortunately, when you said that, I had an idea. Okay. It, and, and it was, what if this were a dome? Mm-hmm. And, and I know this is becoming trite at this point, but I'm not, I'm not joking with you at this, uh, at this juncture. I'm talking about an underwater aquarium that is domed, and then you've got a dome over that. Mm-hmm. And then you can project against that dome Ooh, in 180 degrees. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your your extended view, but oh. also you've got the aquarium all around you. That's so cool. Because, <laughs> like, I like that at, at a big aquariums when you can walk through, like, the tunnel where there's fish on, like, all sides and above you and everything. Yeah. It's that same idea. So you could see, you know, the undersides of the fish going over your head, too, instead of just everything being in profile. That's really cool. Yeah, so you've got fish swimming on all sides of you. You've got Atlantis projected all around you. You've mm-hmm. got the crumbling ruins. And then you've got whatever this domed restaurant is, like whatever's going on in here. And I think I think you could have a lot of success with plant-based foods, too. I was thinking that, too. There's a, a chain restaurant called Blue Sushi, and they have a lot of plant-based vegan sushi stuff. Maybe just this could be a sushi restaurant, too. Um so you can get like basically the same thing, but like, do you want to have you know real tuna or do you want to have this artificial tuna that's made out of some kind of plant thing? That's a good idea because then if people are feeling like icky about I don't want to make eye contact with what I'm eating, <laughs> then, then get the plant-based version and maybe maybe it'll be better than you thought. This is the second time in a week I've heard about vegan sushi, well, and I, I have no idea what it would taste like. Is it, it any over. good? It's really good. I, well, yeah, um, I <laughs> never really loved the taste of fish anyway but like right in sushi when it's like part of a cohesive bite in like a well-designed you know intentional curated thing it's really good yeah oh that sounds that sounds amazing i'm amazing. a big so, fan I, I wouldn't buy it like at a grocery store necessarily but like <laughs> a restaurant that sells it it's going to be really good i think well fish sushi in a grocery store is already a proposition like that's I you're taking your life into your own hands yeah so <laughs> yeah. so plant-based sushi actually sounds safer at that right. point that's um, awesome <laughs> All right, I, I love it. I feel like I feel like Atlantis, the Lost Restaurant, is <laughs> is just like ready to go. Yeah. And what's great about it is there's the flexibility in the concept to mm. take it as far or as dome as you would like. Like you can you can really just kind of either have it be kind of 
existing um, Rainforest Cafe levels of theming, mm-hmm. or you could take it even farther with your flagship restaurant and just really go wild with the size of your aquarium. Right. Um, and I think aquariums in a restaurant are just an idea that makes sense. I yeah. mean, like, uh, they they add a lot of atmosphere even when they're just a box in a corner. Right? Very true. So, like, atmosphere is a good word, too. I love the way that light reflects through water. Like, maybe we could shine lights through the aquarium so that it doesn't like blind the fish or whatever but like the lighting in the restaurant could come through the water so it kind of ripples and moves with the movement of the water too i'm thinking about um when, when i'm thinking about atlantis the restaurant i'm thinking about uh restaurant at the end of the universe the sequel to hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy mm-hmm. uh and how the restaurant is at a time it's it's at the very last day of the universe and you eat and watch the universe end at that restaurant what if it's the restaurant at the end of Atlantis? Like, Whoa. you're watching Atlantis crumble over wow. the course of your meal. That's so cool. It's like, a yeah, <laughs> course by course, you're seeing, like, the destruction and loss of a civilization. <laughs> it's dinner and Brutal. a show, but yeah. but it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, man. And then at the end, it's dark, and then all the bioluminescent fish come out. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Wow. Uh, I think I that's mean, really cool. It's kind of tragic. Like, you'll laugh, you'll cry, empires will rise and fall. Like... <laughs> Come get maybe again. maybe it's a maybe it's some sort of magical recording and that's maybe mm. that makes it less sad like <laughs> i don't know yeah. it, it, i feel like watching the an entire actual civilization end over a meal is again a bit of a stretch in terms of <laughs> keeping your appetite and, and and feeling like you're having a good time uh right. but you know there's 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 room there for sh- for a show maybe like Atlantis versus Neptune or something like maybe there could be some kind of fight yeah um, or, or having having a, a happy ending maybe where it's like okay so the the fall of our civilization has led to a spark that's starting the next one and it's gonna be it's gonna be great it's gonna be more you know eco-friendly and uh, sustainable and better technology there's a, there's a challenge thinking. statement at the end that, where they're like yeah. what will you do to prevent your own end of atlantis yeah on the surface and, and then we take that with us into our into our daily lives into our fossil fueled cars <laughs> and onto the highway and, uh... oh no <laughs> i i think i think suburbs. we accidentally made made uh, an attraction that makes people sad we need we yeah. must we must leave atlantis we must we got to get out of here let's see what we've, we've but yeah, it's, it's getting dark down there. We need to go somewhere else. <laughs> All right, I'd like to take us above the surface, um, and I'd like to take us to a, a, a time and a place that never existed. Um, but I, I'd like to take us to just a, a, a pretty generic fantasy realm. Uh, just kind of your, your standard, like, D&D, however you want to use that, that term. But, like, mm-hmm. fantasy with a, with a capital F magic elves dragons you know swords wizards that sort of thing cool uh and i just want to i want to build an adventurer's tavern i love um that. And, and i want it to be like alive with the mm-hmm. the 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 hustle and bustle of adventurers pre- preparing to go on adventures uh and that's my concept is like what if you enter this bar and they're like, oh, welcome, traveler. Uh, have a seat. And you look left and there's a bunch of people with swords and bows and arrows. And they're like, we must the dragon's cave, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, you look over in another corner and there's a bunch of shadowy figures. And they're talking about their 
dark rituals or whatever and you you look in another corner and there's somebody with a lute playing a song for the entire tavern or something like that and it's like really just truly like living Mm -hmm. uh and, and there's performers everywhere and the food is all rich and hearty and warm and there's a roaring fire uh, and the really big kicker for this one, the one that, that has always fascinated me is the story could be like ongoing. Mm-hmm. So if you go like once a week or even once a month, you can like hear back from characters that go on adventures. Uh, they can bring things back to the tavern. The tavern could be like growing and changing. There could yeah. be artifacts on display. Right. Uh, there could be intrigue and politics. There could be murders and poisonings. Uh, there could be all sorts of things going on, and it could all just be centered around this little pocket of fantasy that could be built in anywhere in the world, basically. Um, but it would wow. be it would be accessible to you for just like your your evening dinner. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? And like, there's there's so much that you just mentioned that it's like just fantastic and so rich like not only the food but like the the lore and the characters and the design of everything there's so much going on in there like that sounds fascinating like i'm picturing like a world-class ren fair squeezed into like <laughs> one restaurant like there's so much action going on and so much design work it sounds amazing and i love the idea of the story evolving and like you know, maybe you see when you first get there, you see this party like first forming and first meeting each other and like that spark of a new, you know, group, a new party. And then over the months, that party lineup changes and shifts and, you know, someone died and someone defected and whatever. And now they're all like famous heroes and there's like a tapestry of them on the wall after like a couple of years. I think that'd be fascinating. It'd be so cool. And seeing like you know, the mounted, like, animal heads kind of shift and change over the years. And that one goblin who used to always come in here and start fights, eventually, like, there's, uh, he's just, he's been defeated. Like, he's been killed by somebody. And there's, like, his, you know, jewelry or something is, like, on display. It's, like, it would be a really dark thing. Like, there's a lot of potential there. Like, I really love kind of English-style pubs when they have just, like, stuff all over the walls and old photographs and um, artifacts. But having those be of, like, actual people who have been in this building would be so crazy. And, like, um, just the diversity of storytelling that you can do in that reality versus ours uh, is pretty wide. Because you probably would never, uh, I don't know, celebrate the fact that one of your former patrons has now been slain. Like, that's not really a thing that's appetizing in a restaurant. But here in the world (laughs) of fantasy, it's, like, kind of, that's that's part of it. Like, it's, it's a cartoon version of you know of combat and all that stuff and uh it's just part of the experience and yeah it could be a thing to be celebrated and appreciating these like different artificial you know designed cultures and how they're interacting with each other and growing and changing over time and this is a petri dish of of mixing all those ingredients together i think it sounds wild (laughs) you've you've spoken exactly about why i think this idea is is so perfect is the way that places tell their own stories Mm -hmm. so you go to these old english pubs and there's a photo on the wall of somebody who used to work there and everybody signed it like good luck see you soon or something like that and they went off to seek their fortune or you you, you've got photos on the wall of all the regular patrons or you go in there and they've got a mug for everybody who joined the club at one point and they just like grab that person's mug when they come in and fill it right Mm -hmm. like there's there's these little insular stories that 
are important and local and that make you feel like a part of something, even if it's your first time in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's that's something that that is really special that your average local bar or pub can do right is like yeah. this this feeling of uh, exclusivity isn't right because it's not like oh you don't belong get out like you're not one of us it's not like that it's more like this place has an in group that right. is open that you can that you can look at and see and observe and even if you keep coming back become a part of become right. known a celebration uh, of those characters who come into your establishment yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah, take that, extrapolate on it, uh, liven it up with the idea of fantastical, magical adventures. And, you know, you said mounted heads, and I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> never never a real one, but, like, when after your five-year pub anniversary, you finally get to the point where the adventuring party killed the dragon, like... What a celebration that your business is still there, that your story is still being told, and that you like su- successfully did it. What a, what a celebration to put a giant dragon's head or dragon's skull like above mm-hmm. your bar That'd be and so be like, cool. oh, that that's when that's when the uh, the golden adventuring party or whatever you want to call them, right, uh, was here, and they they used this as their base of operations and they slayed the dragon finally, right? Like that's so um, cool. And then, and then when you're done with that, like you don't have to kill everybody off, but maybe once in a while you do. Maybe once in a while for dramatic effect, somebody, the wins. somebody, yeah, you know, you can, you can. Oh, they, oh, but it, it got, it got the the dwarf in the party. Like, oh, but here's a here's a portrait of him next to the dragon, so we always remember or something like that, right? Um, and like when they're done, though, they can just like change costumes, change names, uh, and these performers can continue the performance if they want. Or, or you can just, you know, get new people involved, uh, invite people into the story. And I think the thing that's always really uh, been like the, the new frontier of themed entertainment, the thing that, that, you know, like Disney is really pushing for um, with their Star Wars stuff is this idea of like getting your guests involved, right? Mm-hmm. But, but the question is of buy-in and it's a question of like being able to get involved. But if you're... A regular at this place and you're going pretty often so that you can hear and see the next part of the story or get updates from the barkeeper on what's going on you could start to find yourself worked into the story as well and i think that would be really cool too is like maybe you join a guild and maybe there are meetings and so you go on wednesdays because on wednesdays uh the guild that you're a part of uh meets and maybe you just like play games at the bar and that's what's up but also you get the next part of the story um and and that can become like you said like let's make it a little nerdy yeah let's make it nerdy (laughs) like you you join the guild here so you get to vote next time we uh talk about artifacts that are going to go up in the bar or you know you get to be part of something uh maybe there's an election for mayor of this fantasy village that the bar is hypothetically in yeah so like you get to be a part of that election or something like that wow um that's and just amazing like, yeah give yourself that like little like look we're not going to send people on adventures they're, they're not going to meet a dragon even though this is amusement sparks and we could yeah. build the dragon and, this is and just have... the interior of one restaurant like the whole story right. is told right here yeah, and so this is the place where the story goes to live 
instead of a book or a video game, it's just this location. Um, and I just think, you know, what, what an amazing sort of a place that would be. (laughs) No kidding. And, and, I think I think it's impossible right here right now without like huge investment and patience and also just the right environment. Like you you really have to be able to like have everything fall into place for this to even temporarily work. But <laughs> on amusement sparks everything is possible and this is my dream is to have a place like this. Dude, it's so cool and I love the idea of like a new hire who's getting, you know, has to come up with their character and like what their costume is going to look like. And then when they, when they leave they're they're remembered. Like, it's not just like another Starbucks employee getting churned through. It's like, no, when you started here, you created the character, that character lives on. Even if, if you quit or you stop liking being a good guy and you want to be a bad guy or you want to become a bartender, we'll kill off your character or, or send them off to, you know, whatever long-term quest. And, um you get to pick up a new mantle i think that's so cool i I was also (laughs) picturing it'd be so neat as a dining experience if you know maybe there's like three different tables in the restaurant that have like a spotlight over them or like you know some kind of visual iconography that you can tell like okay that's the story table and then all the tables surrounding them are just like for people to sit at and eat and it's just like you just kind of sit near the table that you want to experience the story of maybe there's one with good guys and one with bad guys and then one with like you don't really know um and then it's just kind of like almost like dinner theater in a way. Like you're sitting there eating and you can overhear this conversation that's happening, whether those people are eating or those people are voting on something or, or talking about this quest or trying to hire someone for a quest. Um, you can have these little diegetic, realistic stories happening right there. And you're just an observer at the next booth over. Like, I think that'd be so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you get the, uh, like, almost like I was picturing uh, the scene from Pulp Fiction, almost. It's like you're just <laughs> at the next booth over, and then, like, something shady's going on right there, and maybe it starts involving you all of a sudden, and maybe they get into a fight, and then, like, this whole, you know, support beam in the restaurant gets knocked over and destroyed, or, you know, some, you can do all kinds of uh, over-the-top special effects and, like, um, kind of stunt show type stuff, and, you know, throw, someone gets thrown through a window or whatever, and then... The next time you come back, that window is, you know, boarded up. And then, you know, eventually there's going to be a new addition on the building built over there. Like, you can have some really fascinating, like, uh, ongoing storytelling through the building itself, too. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's that's the difference with themed entertainment is that the, the place itself tells the story. And embracing that and letting it be a history that grows and changes that people can miss parts of but hear about later Um is where it's at. I'm thinking about these story booths. I really love them. Like, story booths as a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, places like this exist, uh, like, th- that we're describing. Uh, there are pop-ups and even par- permanent establishments that are about telling, like, a story with characters that you're just sitting there having a quiet drink or a quiet meal, and then somebody walks up and is like, it's the 1920s, and you're in the 1920s bar. And they tell you a little story, and you interact with that character, and that's that's all well and good. You're talking about taking it up a next step here, mm-hmm. where the characters are improvising their way through an event that's going to happen, and you're overhearing it, and you're just there, right? Um throwing people through windows look you're you're gonna run up your window budget but (laughs) but but this is amusement sparks so you can't throw someone through a window every day Mm -hmm. but maybe maybe you like have a a twitter account or a website and you're like hey attention all 
uh, all tavern goers, uh, tonight there, something big is going to go down at the bar. Mm-hmm. So make sure you show up. And, it can and be that's like when the you prophecy do. Prophecy has foretold that under this full moon, you know. Something... Ah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you work it in so that there, there's an oracle. You can tell people that uh, that there will be something big, mm-hmm. but you don't tell them what it is. So right. like, better show up for the show tonight. Mm-hmm. And tonight's the night that. Uh, somebody's spell backfires and explodes a corner of the bar. Right. Or tonight's the night that somebody gets thrown through that window. Uh, and you're just going to, if you're not there, you're going to miss it. You're going to hear about it. Oh, yeah, that's where, that's where that wizard was trying to do a potion in the corner. And it just, it went absolutely haywire. And that's why all those singe marks are there, as well as, like, the outline of the wizard. Um, <laughs> that's a great visual. That would be so good, right? Oh, uh <laughs> and and you could just like show up months later and hear that story or you could be there when it happened. Yeah. And you could just be hanging out at the bar, having a drink. Somebody's like, do you see that wizard over there? He's trying to do a potion. Boom. Off it goes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, I was there when it happened. <laughs> and now it's a permanent um, feature in this in this bar. Yeah. As permanent as been, things ever are here. Though, I guess. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about um, like. Uh, how this could also kind of be a, a, a subscription model, like a mm. like an annual pass holder sort of thing, yeah. where you don't need to like pay to get in every time because I feel like that's a quite the proposition for a restaurant, even one as themed as this, right? right? But maybe maybe you purchase a certain amount of discount, or maybe maybe it's kind of like a like a social club where you're paying dues to keep the place running. Uh, and that like prepays a certain amount of food and beverage to, to kind of give you like a, a, an in a base of uh, players or you know uh, subscribers who are going to show up you know regularly. Yeah. But also a baseline of income so that you can keep trying things and get people more involved. That's really smart. It's a more stable income too, instead of just like oh nobody's here this season. Like, yeah, making it more consistent. And that's that's really smart. I love that. <laughs> and then you have your people who are like at more premium tiers, so they're already like you know they get uh, to have their picture up on the wall or whatever, and yeah. they get to be included in voting or whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, crowdfunding rewards that I've seen in the past that are like, oh, if you pay X amount of money, you'll be a character in this game that we're making, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what if you pay X amount of money and we hire the portrait painter to paint a portrait of you yeah. to, like, hang above your f- favorite booth or something or like that? Or there's, like, a drink named after you or... or... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that'd be of awesome. Of course. Yeah. Also, and so you get written into the story eventually. Yeah, and I like the idea of it kind of being an ongoing thing where, like, every three months maybe something big happens or... The songs that um, the oh man, what's the word for uh, someone who plays music in a fantasy? You book? might be, you might be thinking about bards. Bards, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bards uh, songbook changes out every three months to reflect what the current events are within this canon. Um, I think it'd be so cool to have like some amount of structure to it so that people aren't having to go every single day so they don't miss something. It's like, well, you know, you're gonna miss the little improvs here and there, but like the big. You you'll know when the when the prophecies are coming <laughs> up every quarter. There's, exactly, <laughs> there's event nights as yeah. well as just average nights, and I think yeah. what would be great at a place like this is quiet nights. Yeah, like, I agree. Nights where where you can just talk about what has happened there, or you can just hang out and play a game of dice or some other fantasy game. The other thing, okay, this is the really big ask, but we're on amusement sparks, <laughs> so anything is possible. The other thing is, I want there to be like in-universe special games that cool. players or visitors can play. I love Because, like, sometimes you'll be playing a, a video game, like, let's say The Witcher, 
and you're just walking through the bar and somebody's like, how about a game of Gwent? And you're like, all right, I don't know what Gwent is. I'm new to this universe, but I'll sit down and play. Mm -hmm. There could be collectibles. There could be different ranks. There could be tournaments, things like that. Um, You know, and there could be special in-bar rules for games that you might already recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that would also be part of it is like you start to build a culture of uh, sitting down and staying a while and just gaming, maybe with other patrons, maybe with characters, uh, but that's another way to interact with the world is to have this very tangible, like physical act you can do that is like, well, let's let's have a game of Gwent and talk about it, right? How uh, cool! And it's it's my eternal disappointment with the actual world. That <laughs> you can't just like be walking through a bar and someone's like, "How about that game we all play? Would you like to play it too?" And it's like. <gasps> You know, just like, just give me that at I'm least you, in man. real life once. I love that about like shonen anime in particular. Like the world of Yu Gi Oh! Everyone is yeah. talking about Yu Gi Oh! all the time. And if you want to play Yu Gi Oh!, just like your little old lady next door knows how to play Yu Gi Oh! and she has like a that's thousand the, gold card. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, it's the lie that Yu Gi Oh! Like sold us yeah. is that you could just like get a deck of a certain trading card game and everyone in your world would be interested and want to play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. And like, it's, it's like it has a bigger cultural um, importance than like Christianity has in the Western <laughs> world. It's like, yeah, you know, every single person knows and loves this thing and wants to talk about it. And if, I, I mean, Christianity is a little more nuanced than that, perhaps. But sure. uh, just the idea of everyone knows about this. People have like gone to college for this thing, and everyone's ready to like do this thing. Imagine like majoring in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I mean, I kind of oh, did. Um, that's exactly what I'm talking about, though. Like, we have, okay, we have the standard 52, like, card deck, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we have that. We have the six-sided dice. These are things that are basically worldwide, easily recognized, and you can play all sorts of games with. But it's not, it lacks that magic of your Yu-Gi-Oh!, of your Gwent, Mm -hmm. uh, of your Magic the Gatherings. Um, your Magic's the Gathering. Uh, I think it's, like, Attorney's General. (laughs) I think Um, so. And, and so, like, let's build that into this bar. Like, you come in and every month you get a certain amount of challenge coins that you can wager oh, on these games yes. or something like that. And, you know, you can turn those in for rewards that might be at higher tiers of membership, but you can win your way up or something like that. That's so um, cool. And, like, there yeah. could be a bracket that's always on the wall that's, like, for various games. They're always updating Of these. course. And, you know, so you're you're the top-ranked uh, Magic's the Gathering player at this bar. So, you know, like, you get to be on top of the leaderboard. And when you walk in, people are going to try and challenge you and knock you off that throne. Wow. That's, you know, if you're, if you're the person who is like that, who really mm-hmm. wants to be on top. If you're just, like, playing casually, you're just playing casually at the bar, right? Um, and maybe there isn't anything at stake, but there's like a special thing you can go there to do. That is um, so cool. I, I love I just, that idea. I love meeting people through playing card games in particular is such a fascinating thing. But like the idea of it being themed within that experience is so cool. And like, yeah, it starts so many conversations. Like I feel like a fantasy tavern is always a place for starting new connections and new conversations and stuff. And this would allow the people who attend the place, not just the employees, to like go through that too. Where it's like, I'm meeting this new, you know, experience this new experience with this new person, and like we're kind of starting to form a party, and like we like doing this thing, and we're gonna meet back up here, and like we have goals, and 
basically forming your own like questing party for something like we're going to try to get on this leaderboard over here or we're going to start a new guild for this game that we like a lot it, ah, there's so, so much cool. that can be done just in the bar right yeah. like you don't need to leave on some grand fantasy quest for it to feel like an adventure yeah um and and that that feeling of adventure i think is like the promise of themed entertainment so like how do we bump it up how do we amusement sparks it up it's this it's all this extra stuff that that is like maybe too high cost, too much buy-in, too unreasonable, but, like, it could be done. And and it, it gets me excited just even to think about it. Like, yeah. if, if I had a billion dollars... <laughs> it kind of requires that, like, magic circle of, like... Because when you walk into the average, average, you know, board game store, it's rare that someone else who likes the same game as you is going to make eye contact and, like, call out to you even though they've never met you before. But right. if you're in this magical world, like, that is a thing you could see happening at a place like Disney or something like one of those people would probably be an employee, but still having like a real genuine human connection over this shared passion is such a cool and rare thing. And I feel like it would happen a lot more often in this magical setting. Like those magical experiences would happen there. Yeah. And, and as the place gets bigger or as it, as it grows as a concept, you could have outposts pop up around the country mm. or you could have, uh, maybe maybe at the uh, flagship one, there's a huge outdoor area for, like, festivals. Um, you could have, like, uh, Bilbo Baggins' birthday party. Like, you know, just have, like, people show up, have big firework demonstrations, have uh, drinking and eating outside, and have the story advance because it's a character's birthday or something like that. Um, and, and just, like, really just continue to grow and expand uh, I'm imagining this on like uh, like a winery or a farm somewhere where you you have these rolling hills around you um, and you can have like ba bales of hay and, you know, those string lights that everybody lights uh, and, and just like, you know, just really play it up uh, and, and start to build it more more than anything. It's about a community, right? It's about those people and those connections start to build a place where this can happen where it's not the renaissance fair that swings by for a month every every year right like it's this place this community gathering place uh where this sort of thing can happen and hey if you don't like fantasy you can do this with any genre right like this is this is the promise of Oga's cantina too yeah um the, the idea of walking into a spaceport and and there are droids around and you can get rumors at the bar and you can play a game of, uh, man, what's that called? Sabak, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, like whatever. Like uh, these are the things that, that feel like they're just almost on the cusp of what's happening at some of the major themed entertainment places. Well, and just the idea of like a cantina, like is such a fascinating thing. And for the same reason, a tavern is fascinating. I think it's like the spark of so many possible futures from that moment. So, yeah, doing that with all kinds of different places where people gather, really, and meet people, it's a, it's a great theming for this kind of stuff. Most definitely. Like, any any jumping off point, um, I feel. So, yeah, your space cantina, your fantasy tavern, uh, your airport, right? Like, what if it's an old-timey airport? Um, what if it's uh, a seaport? What if it's an airship port? And we go, like, steampunk fantasy with it. Um, it what if, uh, you know, actually... I think uh, Disney World Pleasure Island, when there was a Pleasure Island at Disney World, uh, had a place called, oh man, I think it's called The Adventurers something. I, I've never been because it closed before I could have gone. It was a bar that was where the adventurers of 
the past could like gather and have interactions with guests. Um, wow. And it was at that vacation destination of the world, right? Like Disney World, right? Uh, so ongoing uh, storylines were kind of out of the question, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody who's there is there on vacation. But this is a concept that in the past has played out and has done so with success to the point where I, I hear about this defunct attraction like all the time. Really? Um, yeah, where, where people, people like... seeing that concept kind yeah, of? Yeah, like... they long for it. Mm-hmm. They're like, what if I could go to a place where fun characters would tell me about their adventures? Um, and so, ah, man, that, that's the thing about amusement sparks. It's always like, we should open one of these. <laughs> right. Oh, totally. It's, I'm just hoping that wealthy enough people start listening to the show, <laughs> start stealing these ideas. Well, wealthy people, that one's not free. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> no, yeah. You, you gotta call me, Buddy Duquesne, at Buddy Duquesne on Twitter. There you buddy go. underscore Duquesne. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is, this is the sort of thing that, uh, I think is missing from the themed entertainment uh, landscape. Yeah, and it is a lot of work, but like it's also pretty fascinating and and could really be like a truly next level experience. Like this is uh, to maybe to dinner theater what like Cirque du Soleil is to the circus. Like it's exactly it's like you <laughs> would have never thought that that thing could be escalated to this level, but here it is. Yeah, most definitely. Wow. Uh, but but I think I think we've we've left ourselves too wistful for this idea. So <laughs> did did you have did you have another thing, well, uh, like or another small concept or something you wanted to throw out there? So the I was thinking about that like so many of the ones basically compared to that, any, a lot of other things are pretty <laughs> pedestrian. Like um... <laughs> no, but that's the thing is like there's there's room for these littler concepts mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that the most interesting themed spaces are the ones that are going to be able to fit in a local strip mall right like they're just going to be able to you're going to be able to just put them in any building i love the um, idea of it being a totally like self-serious but smaller scale thing and that's actually what my next idea was i think we talked about this maybe on the tokusatsu episode which is like japanese special effects like think power rangers and godzilla um and the idea of just having a space where the employees are just terrified of these horrible things that keep happening. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily interact with like your cup of coffee. Coffee doesn't have to be Godzilla themed. It's just that people in this world are constantly ravaged by Kaiju and stuff like where they are. Uh, their culture is really highly informed by this other thing. Kind of like we talked about with Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess where it's like, right. What if it's a coffee shop, but everyone's really obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh or really scared of Godzilla <laughs> or, you know, whatever, like where it doesn't have to be fully themed to it. It doesn't look like you're walking into a Yu-Gi-Oh store, but it's like you're walking in there and the people just really are passionate about that thing. And so um, there's that kind of that magic and that self-seriousness and like obsession with this one thing um but yeah it could be it could be superheroes it could be um it, tons of different things because there was a, a superhero restaurant was one of my first ideas when i was like in high school or whatever it was like it'd be so cool if all the servers like not that they actually have powers but like that they are playing the role of a character who who either does have powers or interacts with them or is like you know siblings with a mutant or something like that and they can kind of have their own experience and their own little story um that they that they tell kind of naturally it's not like it's a big performative thing necessarily but they have their own backstory you can talk to them about it um maybe it comes up in conversation like once in a while but um yeah those kind of smaller spaces could be a really cool and compelling thing for storytelling on a more like specific individual scale rather than seeing the whole community you're just interacting with specific people and like 
we could do some of the stuff we talked about with the tavern where, you know, things grow and change over the years. And, um, you know, you have staff photos every year and, and someone will transcend or like suddenly this year they have wings for some reason, or, you know, they can have like different things kind of grow and change and evolve about them. And, um, you can see the, the story of this character who started out as like a bus boy. And now he, there's a big poster of him as like a superhero. Um, huh. he doesn't work here anymore cause you know, he's moved on to other <laughs> things, but like, it'd be cool if you could trace those little stories. I love it. I, I really love this idea of like step through an otherwise ordinary looking storefront. Mm-hmm. And in this, in this otherwise unremarkable place, people care about something remarkable or live in a remarkable world. Well said. That was a good one. Yeah. Like, like, I'm, we were talking about the tavern. What if you just wanted to start the tavern, like on a really small scale? Like, Mm -hmm. what would that, what would that be like? Well, it would be like, you know, you, you find a pre-existing building and maybe, maybe you do like a little bit of theming on the, on the uh, facade there. Right. Maybe like make the door nice and make it look kind of fantastical. Um, But like, you don't have all the money in the world. But you step in and people here talk different, act different, know about different things. They have uh, their own unique internal lives and culture. And honestly, the Tokusatsu one is is brilliant. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, we've we've got a news report that uh, another giant monster attack today. Can you believe it? Well, anyways, luckily the coffee shop is still open and we still have power. So. Right. Uh, what can I get you? Right, like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. It'd be like almost like um, a lifeguard talking about. Well, if there's two more lightning strikes, we have to close. But like <laughs> it was just the first one. Like it's no big deal. Like there's big rumblings or something. But they're like, you know, we'll see. I'll let <laughs> you know if we have to. <laughs> where they're really familiar with like where the line is. With okay, we have to kick everybody out now. But we're not. There it's yet. a level three kind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're expecting that. Yeah, the military will roll out to the coast. They'll, like, fire a bunch of stuff at it. We're fine, though. This is fine. It's normal. Yeah. Wait, which street did you park on? Um, just <laughs> this, the, the monster that they've been, they're thinking this one might be, he always comes up from the ocean and it always takes out Third Street. So <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing. And, and, like, what's great about it is you can start at that level and you can slowly build upon it to to grow the concept. So... Let's say you get a little bit of money, so now you've got an actual screen with an actual fake news broadcast going mm-hmm. that is, like, it's got footage from old films, oh, and you've got somebody great. doing the reporting. So it, like, breaks in every 10 minutes or so, and you're like, yeah, uh, what, what is what is that thing's name? Uh, uh, King Ghidorah's back. Uh, he, he ate the news copter, so I'm here on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and so you start to get actors involved and you start to build the, 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 the story, the backstory here that will draw people back in. Um, and I think the idea of an, a mundane place becoming an attraction is actually kind of the goal of every business. Like, you want mm-hmm. people to come back for a reason, um, <laughs> right? Like, usually that reason in the, in, in the food and drink service industry is the foods and the drinks and and perhaps also like the level of service, right? Um, but also there's always an aspect of atmosphere that can draw people back in. And so this is just an acknowledgement of that and then saying, what if it were a little bit more? Um, so what if this bar were all Old West and everybody wore cowboy hats and said, yeehaw, partner. And, uh, you know, like the coffee that we made was just uh, undrinkable sludge 
uh, because it's the old west and we made it over a campfire. Right. Like, exactly. Okay. Everything's cooked <laughs> in a can over a fire. That's awesome. I, I think yeah. that's such a fun idea too. Like if yeah, if I was running a small business, I would for sure want that to to be it. Even if it's like kind of a weird thing or something kind of obscure. Like you know, if if the person's just really into steampunk or something, it's like just go fully crazy with the theming to be what you want it to be and then that is is a draw even if people don't love steampunk it's like well do you want to go to starbucks or the coffee roaster like just generic coffee place or do you want to go to mr mcgorium's coffee emporium or whatever (laughs) like like, i don't even know it's it's brass pipes everywhere Mm -hmm. and coffee comes out of some of them uh (laughs) and and there's gauges and knobs like isn't this more fun yeah i Uh, think it is way more fun and compelling (laughs) yeah it's something different I think the my favorite places, my favorite unthemed places are the ones that approach a theme that I like. The ones where I kind of let my imagination fill in some of the theming blanks. Ooh, where I'm like, this is just like if I were drinking at the Inn at the Prancing Pony in Lord of the Rings. I'm or so like, intrigued by that concept. You have like specific businesses that are like that? Uh, not, not a specific one, mm-hmm. but I feel like I've sat down at a few bars and restaurants where I've been like, oh yeah, this could be a fantasy tavern. And just kind of like imagining, imagining how this space would be a fantasy tavern. Mm -hmm. Like where would the shadowy figure sit in here? (laughs) Um, And where would they talk about practicing their dark arts? And wow, this barkeeper is like really charismatic. What if they were telling me a story about uh, a dragon instead? Like just letting yourself imagine that stuff. And uh, there are places where the vibes almost say, this could be a themed space or like this is a bit like a themed space um uh, y- even your olive gardens have that right like ah just like ancient rome <laughs> when <laughs> the it's... pasta was unlimited and there was soup and salad forever um but like indeed the- these places we we crave a departure from the mundane i think in general um we do whatever we can as people i think to spice up mundanity you know you drive in the car you listen to music you listen to a podcast like you you add something into it that allows you to imagine or think or feel while the mundanity is happening right this is this is just that but more and on purpose in a place where you eat or drink (laughs) (laughs) that's all there is to it and yeah a lot of that is you you're going through the world and even you buddy like sitting in this place thinking projecting fantasy stuff onto it it's like we're doing the same thing with podcasts where it's like I'm just projecting like nerdy video game stuff wherever I go because it's what I'm thinking about because I'm listening to the podcast as I'm driving on the highway or whatever. Yeah. Um, but going into a business where someone else has already like manifested that projection of their own brain onto the walls and so now everything looks steampunk because this old guy loves steampunk stuff and he bought a coffee shop. Like then people can walk into that with their own projections but also being like wait this is different. There's already someone else's imagination projected in here. Like it's such a more whimsical thing and they can continue to add their own projections to it but also just appreciate like wow somebody else is living or you know manifesting this around them where i'm just kind of going through life appreciating what's actually happening around me but wishing it was a little nerdier this guy's like making it inviting people into his nerdy brain space yeah wild i think i think that's what it is 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 an invitation to come in and try living in this different space Mm -hmm. um and and just to exist within it temporarily i mean that that is the promise of themed entertainment yeah in disney world walt disney's brain you know what i mean like i feel like his 
his brand and his persona and everything, people are like, yeah, Walt Disney's amazing. This is his thing. Let's go there. Like the fact that that company is named that guy's name is kind of yeah. an interesting like uh, parallel to this this concept is we're going to Walt Disney World. Like we're going to <laughs> Tom Smith a, World. Like a what? world a world that a person made. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the the invitation to the constructedness and to play in the in the magic circle that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um it's it's I think yeah, that that we are already doing it. Like Starbucks does have theming. Like as much as Starbucks doesn't seem to have theming. Starbucks is all look the same, they all feel the same. They exude cafe. I'm just saying what if cafe but with brass pipes and gauges, right? And what if there was a live action Mel you see in in a tank instead of just the logo? Like, you know, <laughs> we've got a, a supernatural creature as our logo. Why is that not uh featured anywhere? <laughs> right? Like, let's get that <laughs> built. <laughs> uh and and so yeah. I I could talk about concepts for this sort of thing for days and and i really would like to dude um it could be a spin-off <laughs> podcast i mean it's it's amusement sparks but on a more realistic scale which is a thing i've wanted to explore in the past like i had an idea for a second podcast called um thousand dollar theme park which was like what can you do for a thousand dollars that would be like it's something that would get like spark that part of someone's brain of like this is like themed entertainment like uh you know what could you do for a super small budget and it's basically that initial idea of day one of one of these really small scale storefront spots you know like what do you do to make it to make it whimsical um when you when you've got no money but you've got at least a business plan right it it is it is the creating of some kind of themed space for that i think i think that's brilliant Uh, i would love to be on that spinoff podcast whenever you've started mentioning a podcast on a podcast is a contract unfortunately you just (laughs) said i will make it um but like you know uh, Renaissance fairs exist and do that, right? right? Like it's not, it's all analog. There's no big budget animatronic technology. We're not building roller coasters here. We're rolling into town in a bunch of trucks and caravans to make this fantasy realm appear. Uh, and it's it's the same idea, basically a thousand dollar theme park, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's take this idea, let's with as little budget as possible, but with as much heart as possible, yeah. as much and like a human performance mm-hmm. and vision, yeah, and try and turn this mundanity into something magical. And wow. I think that's brilliant. I think so too, man. It, it it all can start with one individual too. If that if that first steampunk guy is willing to do the accent and wear the clothes, and when he <laughs> hires someone, if someone applies for that help wanted sign, they know what they're getting into. Like they're not, <laughs> they know that this is going to be a weird job, and that they're going to have to have to a character and figure out, you know what time period they're from and all that stuff and the uniform is going to be pretty expensive but uh i always wanted to be hired by the that sort of whimsical character who's Mm -hmm. like ah welcome into my coffee shop (laughs) oh no the pressure is boiling over like uh, man i could i could be that guy's assistant right how fun would that be (laughs) yeah and you just have like a timer every hour in the back where it sounds like some pipes are about to explode and you, every, all hands on deck like the employees have to like sprint back there and take the big oversized Everybody, wrenches and... <laughs> yeah big wrenches that's <laughs> gotta be it and you're just hitting stuff with a big wrench yeah you're not even doing wrench things with it or you're just hitting play on the the other mp3 player that plays the sounds of clanging and wrenching grunt noises um, it's hilarious but i think that'd be uh, so much fun and they get the power of one individual because then when you're you hire your first person it's an extension of that 
character and a step towards the future and then you hire your second person and eventually you have someone else who's in charge of training and it's like yeah it's it's an amazing thing to watch a business grow especially within themed entertainment it's it's pretty whimsical i've been seeing uh stuff like this kind of manifest especially in uh tiki bars as Mm. as just like a concept mostly kind of based on the successes of trader sam's at disney world disneyland uh the sort of bar that feels a little bit more alive than a typical bar and that has these little projection light maybe very basic animatronic experiences built into it and i think that's really achievable for not just the mega corporation that is disney like for the layperson with enough resources this could be done with current technology. Totally. And I'm seeing it get done more and more. There's a bar in Phoenix, I believe, called Undertow that is a tiki bar that is a submarine. Wow. Um, And so you go down a set of stairs into this themed tiki submarine bar. There are portholes on the wall that show scenes from where the submarine is. I would love to see that replicated for this steampunk guy. Like, it's his blimp. So you, like, walk wow. up a set of stairs onto the blimp, and mm-hmm. there are pipes everywhere. Maybe the, um, the like, canopy is the, the envelope of the blimp. So you look up, and you can just, like, see where you would be hanging from. There's ropes and rigging everywhere. And then, like, the portholes are the sky. Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 the blimp could take off. What a cool idea. Um, that is the sort of thing that I think, like, you could fit that in just a mall. Yeah. Um, and those portholes can just be old computer monitors that are just yeah. playing a loop of clouds going by. Like, it doesn't have to be super fancy stuff. It can be done on a budget. You just have to, like, have a pretty good, like, set designer or people who can build curved walls and stuff like that. But <laughs> it's it starts with the imagination and the passion. And yeah. it doesn't seem like it's that rare of a resource. It's just... It hasn't been done very frequently, so I feel like people don't know that that can be successful. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know. There's probably a lot of six, of stories of eccentric people trying these things and it not going well for one reason <laughs> or another. But, um, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I uh, I think that it sounds like a, a really cool future that we could hopefully, you know, guide the culture towards. Well, well, hopefully someone out there is listening to Amusement Sparks and, and is like, oh, I would like to pour some money into this idea. <laughs> um, but but I want to I wanna give them one more thing, my, my potential investor, if you're listening. This is like, this is the thing, because I think this is what's going to kick it up a notch. There are around the nation uh, hundreds of abandoned malls. What if buy one of those and all of the sections of the mall become small, different, unique, low-budget dining, shopping, eating, drinking, themed experiences. What if the different sections of the mall are different kinds of genre and you have different lands almost in there? Um, This is available to us here and now in the real world. Across the country, yeah, across the planet probably. (laughs) That's yeah. crazy. What a cool idea. And and so I, I'm thinking about like abandoned warehouses, abandoned uh, assembly lines, canneries, these big buildings around the, around the country that are just waiting for somebody to come in and say like, what if there were five themed bars here? Mm-hmm. You know, like what, what if? And you could have a, a themed bar crawl in this <laughs> one building. Um, 
That's what, what, awesome. What if what if every day of the week you wanted to come to this one giant building and have a different kind of themed adventure? Like you could. Uh and I think that would be just like so cool to see a, a way to revitalize these places because you know people have said like oh retail's over so malls don't need to exist anymore yep. but you know what's still alive is experiences mm-hmm. uh and and vr and uh amusements and yeah the idea of a themed dining experience right the things you can't get at home like right yeah i simply cannot redecorate my house to to be a fantasy tavern at, at oh. least not on the budget that I have right now. <laughs> uh, but I could drive out to one, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> right. It, uh, it's not very functional to decorate your whole house or your whole basement to look like the inside of a pirate ship because you're right. not going to make any money off that. It's expensive. But if you made <laughs> a restaurant like that, then someone would at least give you some money once in a while. for Yeah. You know, they would want they would pay to want to go there. Where if it's in your house or your bathroom is themed like Atlantis, no one's going to pay to go to your bathroom, bud. Uh, the the problem with it is that I, I do have a submarine voyage that you need to take before you get to the Atlantis bathroom. <laughs> and so in in many in many situations it's a bother and in others it's downright dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> is there a bathroom on the submarine just in case? <laughs> you, you know, you'd think there would be for like accessibility and safety's sake, but no, it's just a little capsule. It's a fifteen minute ride. It's oh, very man. well themed. There's there's bubbles and darkness and fish and there's a kraken and all of that and then finally you can open the hatch and go to my my atlantis themed restaurant uh but in the meantime you're just stuck so buckle up i guess (laughs) wow Um, so yeah if if, uh any investors out there want to take us up on this please reach out uh through social media (laughs) yeah tm 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 uh and and i'm so glad to have shared the ideas that we shared on this show with you today because i i do think that if more people out there are even thinking them like it's not a copyrighted idea to go out there and try to build a themed bar cafe restaurant whatever you want to make that's not a copyrighted idea. Now, if you want to make this specific fantasy tavern, please do call me. I have ideas and I want to share more of them. Um, but like, yeah, the world needs this. Uh, Ooh, and I yeah. feel like if if we can bring themed excitement to more places, make it more accessible, not only will it drive the industry forward by creating new concepts and new ways that people engage with themed entertainment, but... I think it just like increases the happiness quotient of the world totally um and and makes people's life a little bit more interesting and a little more joyous yeah uh and and that's what I think the like ultimate like responsibility of themed entertainment is is to give us those moments that that we remember and come back to and enjoy um and that we can always return to so uh that's that's the goal here with with even introducing these ideas that was beautiful thank you for saying that and (laughs) yeah yeah, no no worries the impact that walt disney made on planet earth like if that can be replicated in some small way by some eccentric person in every town like that makes such a huge impact on on the imagination of the public every town has a millionaire there's Mm -hmm. some some Mm -hmm. eccentric millionaire in every town in this country we might as well be building (laughs) these things (laughs) oh yeah man what a cool episode i'm so glad we did that thank you for coming back to the show buddy 
Oh, I, I couldn't have been happier. Uh, and, you know, me and Alice were going to come on the show again for another concept, which I think we'll keep secret here I now think today. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's coming up. Like, as soon as we both have time, like, we'll be in contact with you and we're going to talk about this whole other thing. It's going to be much more what you might expect on Amusement Sparks. It's going to be about a, a, a property that doesn't have themed entertainment rep yet that we're going to put out there into the world. So uh, I'm really excited to be there for the next one. For sure. And yeah, anyone out there who's enjoying the the uh, vocal stylings here of Buddy, check out Those Happy Places. It's a, a podcast that I think is worth listening to at any point in time. Um, it's really cool if you're into themed entertainment and thinking deeply about this kind of stuff and thinking about themed entertainment as literature. Uh, check out that podcast. There's 50 plus episodes out there to enjoy right now. Plus, what other podcasts have you got, Buddy? Oh, well, we've got another show called uh, Rogue Fun, a podcast story. Uh, that is a show that is dedicated to the Star Wars movie Rogue One. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, and just kind of doing a deep dive on every single aspect of the film and its related materials. Uh, so we did the, the entire movie over the course of a couple of years, uh, about five minutes at a time. Um, and then most recently... We got to speak with the author of Guardians of the Wheels, the manga, which is the comic adaptation of a novel featuring uh, Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus cool. uh, as the main characters. Uh, it's amazing. It's such a cool conversation. And it's there for you on the Rogue Fun feed right now if you want to go check it out. Uh, I, I just an incredible honor to even be connected with people through podcasting like this, um, which has been like the best thing about uh, those happy places and rogue fun and uh, about being on amusement sparks is that we have these conversations and that we get to share them with the world. Um, it's what podcasting is all about for me. So Andrew, thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah. It's all about the people and yeah. Connecting with other human beings and what's inside their imagination and getting to spend, you know, an hour or two inside of their like happy <laughs> place in their brain. It's so cool. I podcasts are a great medium. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a blast. <laughs> Hopefully we can uh, work together again soon, man. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. If anybody out there wants to continue this conversation, I'm always on Twitter. That's how Andrew and I got connected in the first place. You can find me at buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. And if you would like to uh, invest millions of dollars in my fantasy tavern idea, uh, that would be the best way to reach me. <laughs> Perfect. You can find Amusement Sparks at Amusement Sparks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and AmusementSparks.com. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. We have a store with merch. I don't remember. If, I, I always forget to say that, but on AmusementSparks.com, there's a little button. You can go to our uh, Society6 page. And uh, yeah, all the proceeds go to a nonprofit. Uh, it's Black Lives Matter right now. And uh, yeah, check it out. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.